Welcome to the Naked and Wandering podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ruddick. This podcast is all about showing up exactly as you are in the world, with nothing to hide, bearing it all, and figuring it out as we go along. I will be sharing with you my successes, trials, triumphs, and tribulations, and everything I'm learning as I journey through life as a successful international yoga teacher, entrepreneur, social media influencer, yoga school owner, and world traveler. I'm so glad you're here. Hello. So I'm recording this one in Nicaragua. It's the middle. No, it's not even the middle. It's right at the beginning of our 200 hour yoga teacher training here at Playa Madera's. And so you might hear some noises in the background, like the ocean. You might hear this puppy that's next to me taking a nap. You might hear some motorcycles or birds or I don't know what in the background. So I apologize if you're hearing some background noises. Today, I want to talk about grief. So as some of you might know, I had to put my dog Tanto down uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And it was really hard to talk about. I didn't really want to talk about it. But I wanted to share some reflections that I have. And I wanted to talk a little bit about grief. Granted, I think it's a little bit easier sometimes to say goodbye to a dog or a pet than it is to say goodbye to a relationship or the death of a friend or family member or parent or spouse. But I was actually really surprised at the way I handled Tanto's death, and I was pretty surprised at kind of how smoothly it was for me. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my grieving process and my reflections on the death of somebody who I love the most in the world, or I loved the most in the world. He was truly my best friend and my favorite person, dog person. And I'll tell you a little more about that. So I met Tanto in Costa Rica on the beach. It's kind of a long story. I'm not going to get into the story of how we became human and dog buddies. But what I will tell you is that he was often my only companion. He was my best, best friend for five years. Him and I traveled the world together. We went to all over the place, taught yoga. He was around at dozens of yoga teacher trainings, festivals, workshops, conferences. When he passed away, I posted it on Facebook and Instagram and I got hundreds of private messages and there was about 300 comments on Facebook and about 150 odd comments on, or sorry, 300, over 300 comments on Instagram and about 150 or so comments on Facebook. This dog touched so many lives. So many people have their own individual memory and their own individual story with Tonto. I truly believe he was put on this earth to love And he did that. He was such a shining example of love, of companionship, of friendship, and also of taking no shit. Anybody who knows Tonto knows that he was sometimes a little bit aggressive um, if you got on his nerves. Like, he just wouldn't put up with anything that crossed his boundaries, which is also kind of an interesting lesson to learn from an animal. 
so many times when I thought I might fall apart from loneliness, he was with me. He was next to me and he kept me going. When I moved to Kingston, Ontario, I shared that there was no way I could have done that move without him because he gave me a reason to go outside every single day and walk every single day and get exercise and, and be happy because I always wanted to be happy for him and joyful for him. He was always there for me. From the day he chose me to be his human, he was there for me. I'll tell you a little bit about why I had to put him down and how I came to that decision. It happened fairly quickly. Basically, he was fine until he wasn't fine. And I'm grateful for that because I didn't have to see him suffer for very long. I didn't have to watch him deteriorate and I didn't have to watch him age. In fact, we have no idea how old he was. He could have been anywhere between 7 and 12. Um, When I got him, the vet told me he was about 2 or 2.5, but he had been living in the town in Costa Rica for at least two years, and he was not a puppy when he was found. He was a full-grown dog. So he had to have been at least 3 or 3.5 by then. And then uh, the woman who had him before me was with him for about two years, or more maybe, and then I had him for five. So, I mean, I guess he was at least seven or eight, but he could have been 12, 14. We just don't know. He had very good teeth, which is usually how vets tell how old a dog is. Um, And so we could never tell. Like he had very white, very perfect teeth. He never had any tartar or, you know, that brown stuff that dogs get under their gums. Like his teeth were just perfect. So it was really hard to tell how old he was and he had such a puppy face to him. But I started to notice that he was slowing down a little bit. He just didn't have the kind of energy that he used to. This was about two months before he passed away. He also started to develop a skin rash, and the vets kept saying it was allergies. And so we tried to change his food, and that didn't work. And we tried to put him on antibiotics because eventually from scratching he got an infection. And he got better, but then the infection came back. Or we'd change his food and it would help for a minute, and then he would go back to being not so well again. So I had an idea that something, something was wrong, because he just wasn't healing. And dogs usually can heal themselves. They're pretty good at that. So I thought he had something wrong. Like, either he was getting older and his immune system wasn't working as well, or he had some kind of blood infection that was preventing him from healing. And we'd done blood tests and biopsies and the vets just didn't really find anything. They didn't really know. I think they also didn't know what to look for. But then I noticed that he wasn't able to keep up on walks very well. He was getting very tired and very out of breath on walks. And he stopped being able to jump on my bed. And I thought to myself, okay, he's getting older. And maybe he was getting older, but... I think more likely he was sick. The other telltale sign is that this is a dog that just wanted to be with me, next to me, all the time. And he started sleeping by himself in a little alcove in my house in a corner. And again, like when dogs are not well or when dogs are going to die, they are alone. They like to walk away and they go somewhere alone. So that was like a really scary sign for me. Um, But he was still mostly himself. 
And all of this happened in the span of about eight weeks. And so you really have to ask yourself, how far are you willing to go? I had spent like thousands of dollars at the vet on biopsies and blood tests and medications for him and special foods and nothing was working. And I also didn't want to keep bringing him back to the vet and I didn't want him to be on antibiotics or be on chemicals, like pumping chemicals into his little body all the time that didn't seem to be helping. Sometimes he just was like stoned from them or just not himself and it was upsetting. And then during a yoga teacher training in Hamilton, Ontario, he got a nosebleed. And that was also really strange. What kind of dogs get nosebleed? And we thought that maybe he had sniffed some incense. He had put his face to some incense and he got burnt or like something got in his nose and he started to bleed. And then I had another yoga teacher training a couple of weeks later. And my mom asked if she can watch him and if she could hang out with him. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know what? He's not quite himself. So if anything happens, let me know. And the night before that teacher training, I was supposed to leave. The night before I was supposed to leave, he got another nosebleed. And I said to my mom, I think he's really sick. I think there's something wrong with him. And I just have this intuition that it's either a blood infection or cancer. And my mom said, well, what are we going to do? And that's the point where you really have to think about what would you do? And I thought to myself, would I put a dog through chemo? I wouldn't even want to put myself through chemo. You know, he wouldn't possibly understand why he had to go through so much pain and so much discomfort for a maybe, for maybe being okay after, but maybe not. How far are you willing to go? I wasn't willing to pump him full of drugs and and painkillers that were just going to make him stoned and out of it and not himself. For what? It's not going to increase his quality of life. It would just be selfish. It would be so that I can hold him, so I can be with him, so I can snuggle with him. So I said to my mom, the minute he starts to suffer, you let me know. If at any point he seems like he's not happy, you tell me. So I was in Nicaragua leading a teacher training, and my mom called me and she said, it's the strangest thing. He just suddenly went blind. And I was like, what? And she said she was with him and she was watching him and he just closed one eye and when he opened it, it was pooled with blood, like behind the eye. It was like red and full of blood and there was no more white in his eye. And I said, what? That's the strangest thing. And she said, yes, it was crazy. And then she said, 10 minutes later, he blinked and closed the other eye and the same thing happened. It was devastating. We didn't know what it was. We rushed him to the vet, or she rushed him to the vet. I'm so grateful to my mom for helping him and keeping him comfortable in those moments. So she rushed him to the vet, and the vet said, like, he, he has cataracts. That's so crazy. And, and he also had a tremendous amount of swelling in his eyes. His eyes had suddenly hemorrhaged. So they gave him drops, and they gave him painkillers, and... He wasn't okay. And my mom said he just started bumping into things. And at that point I knew. I'm pretty sure he had probably brain cancer or a tumor that went to his brain. And it, yeah, like that was just the point where, where that was it. Um, 
So I was leading a teacher training. I had two more days left of it. I really wanted to come home. Unfortunately, that was not possible. So the moment teacher training ended, I rushed to be with him. And I knew that I was going home to euthanize my dog. And again, I'm just like so grateful to my mom for being with him and making him feel comfortable. And the vet said, well, the pressure in his eyes is so much and he's hurting, but you can remove his eyes to remove the pressure. And my mom told me that, like that was one option was to give him surgery to remove his eyes. My heart just broke and I thought like, again, why? Prolonging his life, why? To, To allow me to have someone to snuggle with? This is a dog that used to watch sunset. I'm serious. We used to watch the sunset and he watched the sunset every night. I could not bear taking his eyes out. So at that point I knew it was time. It was so painful. So I rushed home. I got back on a Sunday and the vet was closed. And so we had an appointment with the vet on Monday and I knew, I knew it was, that was it. I spent all day Sunday and Monday with him. I think I got home Sunday night, maybe. Yeah, I spent that night just holding him and snuggling him and loving him. And same thing on Monday. I spent all day Monday with him in bed, except for taking him out to walk. And you can see that when I got home, he, he started to deteriorate further. I think he was waiting for me, and I think me being home just kind of gave him permission to, to go. And I said to him, you can go now. I'm safe. I feel like he gave his life to me to protect me, to keep me safe, not just from the world, but also for myself, to keep me safe inside myself so I could feel loved, so I could feel less lonely, so I could feel worthwhile, so I could feel like I'm worth being loved. He was just such a beautiful soul. So that evening, the Monday evening, I took him to the vet and we euthanized him. And I have to say that actually he was incredibly peaceful. The vet was incredibly kind and respectful and soft-spoken and sweet. And the first thing they do is they give the dog a sedative and then they come in and euthanize them. And the sedative takes about 10 minutes to take effect. And so I brought his bed with him so he could be in his own bed. And I sat in his bed and put him on my lap like he likes to be. And I just told him how much I loved him and what a good dog he was. And I thanked him for his life. And I, I told him he could rest and he could go just over and over again. And then when it came time to actually euthanize him, I just said to him, I love you, and te amo. And those were the last words he heard was, te amo, and I love you. And that felt really, really good. And that was actually the first time in my life that I've been so close to death. I've never been around anyone when they passed away. And it actually changed my feelings about death. There's such a finality to dying that it was so clear there was no coming back. Of course I miss him. Of course, it's hard. But I wish I could look at all breakups of relationships in the same way that I took to death because I know that I can't 
wish or pray or dream him back into my life. It's over. And I think that's a really good lesson to learn that maybe when anybody leaves our lives, at least for now, we should treat it like a death so that we stop longing for them quite as much. I think missing someone is not quite the same as longing for them. And there was no point in longing for him because I knew he would never come. The other thing that was kind of weird is that when he did pass, it was so strange. It was like his soul was completely gone from his body. I don't really know if I ever really believed in souls or spirits before, but I do now because the moment he died, it was like he became an inanimate object. There was nothing there anymore. It's his spirit that infused life into his body. And it also made me realize how much we are not our bodies. Our bodies are just a vessel to contain our spirits. And once our spirit has left our body, that's it. Like, the body can, can go and decompose and go back to the earth. It made me feel really weird about the idea of like open casket funerals because you're just like saying goodbye to this inanimate object when we're trying to say goodbye to the person who passed. I'm feeling now like we can make an homage to an individual, but why are we revering their bodies? I wrote a journal entry right after he passed away, and I think I'll read it for you. So I'll read this for you now. Tanto's passing made me unafraid of death. It made me realize that every spirit has a sole purpose here on earth. I think that the spirit is our light, the divine within us, that spark of light. I think the soul is the intermingling of that spirit in a body, the infusion of spirit into being. This, to me, is the soul. When he was gone, he was just an inanimate object. Souls don't exist after we are gone. But I think spirits do. I believe his spirit has left his body and will now be a spark of light, a serendipity, an intuition, a star in the cosmos, until it gets another body and infused with another soul. I think each spirit has a soul purpose here on earth. We spend our lives fulfilling it. His was to bring joy and love into so many. His sole purpose was to show thousands of people that they are worthy of being loved, just for being. And he did that. Maybe my sole purpose is to inspire others to walk in their own truth to freedom. I think I'm doing that. I think I always have. My friend Tanya's is to teach selflessness and devotion to others, and she does. My friend Shauna's is compassion. My friend Charlotte's is self-love and boundaries. She does that. I think we feel lost when we can't easily recognize and fulfill our soul's purpose here on earth. Maybe that's why we feel depressed or lonely or search for meaning in our lives. Tonto's purpose for his soul was simply love and joy. Love and joy. It was that simple. So thank you, little being, for teaching me even more about life. I know your spirit is free now. It is a speck of meaning in a vast abyss, and when the timing is divine, it will be infused into another being 
to fill your sole purpose again. It probably won't be in my lifetime, or maybe not with me, but someone, somewhere, many someones, will be touched again by your spirit and with your love. Te amo. Thank you so much for teaching me about life and love. Seems like it's almost crazy to learn that much from the death of a dog, but truly that's how I feel. And it really made me not afraid of my own passing. And it really made me feel like, I think I understand what a spirit is now. And I think I understand what a soul is now. I really, truly believe that. Like the soul is the intermingling of our spirit in our bodies. It's how we spread the intention, the the intuition, the innate nature of the spirit. I think each of our spirit has a sole purpose on earth. Each spirit is, is a spark of divinity that has something to offer this world, something to teach us. His was just love and joy and teaching people to feel loved and to be loved, to feel worthy of being loved. We talk about a soul and I think our soul really is the mingling of the spirit with the body because when he passed away, I could just feel that the soul was no longer there, but I think his spirit went elsewhere. I honestly feel like the spirit is like stored in the stars in these little specks of light until the next time they have to be manifested into a body to fulfill another soul purpose. I definitely grieved when Tanto died. I'm still grieving. I already have another puppy, Karma. I actually, we got her before he passed away, before he was even noticeably sick. Um, She was just supposed to be here in Nicaragua as the Yoga Academy dog, and she's so similar to him. And it's crazy. It's like as her light grew, his light dimmed. And we literally named her Karma. The universe works in amazing ways. Really. But it's important to note that we all grieve in different ways. Some people will be angry or sad or mad or withdrawn. I was quiet. I also tried as hard as I could to maintain my routine without him, getting up and going for a walk every day. To be honest, I only did it for the first two days after he passed, getting up, walking, going for a meditation. It was really hard. I felt really lonely. And I realized also how much having a dog is part of my lifestyle. So I gave myself permission to feel sad and I gave myself permission to be lonely and I gave myself permission to miss him, knowing that I will have another dog again soon and this circle and cycle of life will continue and so will my routine. No one will ever replace him. Another dog will not replace him by any means, but I know that I can connect and love another being just as much. I know that I can connect and share wonderful, joyful times with another dog. And this brings me back to the idea of grieving and death of relationships or loved ones. Why can't we realize that we're capable of loving again that much? That we will feel that connected to someone again, even after a death or even after a breakup. The funny thing is, when Tonto passed away, like, I'm absolutely sure that I'll have another dog in my life. I know that I'll always have a dog in my life because that's a conscious choice I've made. 
And it made me think about all those times that I've been doubtful over whether I'll have a relationship in my life. How can I shift my mindset so that I'm so sure I'll always have a wonderful romantic connection in my life in the same way that I'm so sure I'll always have a dog? I'm not sure that I'm still working on. But it's an interesting shift to realize we can have anything we want in life. We just have to be sure that we deserve it and sure that we can make it happen. And giving ourselves permission to grieve, to be sad, and to have the process, whatever that process may be for each and every one of us. Grief is not linear. The time it takes is the time it takes, and everybody will manifest it differently. But I think for moving on, it's crucial to realize that we can have all of this again. Not the person, not the animal, not the situation, but the joy, the happiness, the love, and the feelings. So I think that's really all I have to say about that. If you're going through a grieving process, I wish you a lot of healing. I wish you return to your joy. And I wish that you are able to sit with the absolute knowing that you will feel happy again. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget that every week we give away a totally free copy of my best-selling e-course, Turn Your Life Upside Down. Turn Your Life Upside Down is all about living your passions, going for your dreams, and learning how to do handstands. All you have to do is screenshot you listening to this podcast on your phone and put it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Lauren Ruddick so I can see it for your entry to win Turn Your Life Upside Down. And if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.